Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Today's episode is a replay from our live event, The Peak Experience. You're about to hear leadership lessons from Motown, where our CEO, Dermot Buffini, shared what he's learned on his journey. Let's take a listen. Brian asked me to come by and see you guys. You know, normally my leadership and what I've learned, uh, I'm applied inside the walls of Buffini and Company. And today my goal is to help you hear from me and what I've learned. And I'm certainly not standing here today as the complete leader. In fact, I have a long way to go. But I have learned a lot along the way. Now, how many of you enjoyed the Motown story? Pretty cool. I mean, the music is cool. The story is cool. Uh, But what I'm going to do as well is I'm going to kind of highlight some things that stood out to me from Barry Gordy's story and the Motown story. Sound good? Now, I know I'm in the right room because you guys are not just the leaders in our community, but you guys are the leaders in the real estate space. And I know you're interested in leadership. And one of the main things we need as leaders is the ability to learn and grow. I promise you this. It doesn't matter whether you're the size of the company Buffini and Company is or by yourself, you're a leader. You lead your customers. You got to lead yourself. You got to lead your families. You're a leader. So here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to give you what I've learned. I'm going to pull out, as I said, from Motown, what I've learned, some of the principles there. But I also believe being a leader is a bit like being a parent. Okay? I believe everybody can be one. Even if you don't want to be one. And you learn by what? By doing. There's not always a roadmap. There's not always a blueprint. I learned a lot from my parents. Great parents. Were they the perfect parents? No. Am I the perfect parent? Yes. No. Uh, there's examples of great leadership. There's also examples of bad leadership. There's no perfect leader, but there are lessons to garnish. So I wanted to kind of share with you leadership as it can be portrayed to us in the movies. How many of you like the movie Braveheart? It's one of my favorite, favorite movies. Love it. And I love William Wallace's style of leadership. He's a great communicator, isn't he? And one thing that stands out to me about the story is his leadership style is kind of how it ends. Does anybody remember how it ends? Anybody? Anybody looking for a little decapitation and trails taken out? I'm really good up until that point. And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. Not ending up there. No way. And here's the thing. In leadership, a lot of people do. Leaders can end up dying for the cause. There's no need to die for the cause. Is Barry Gordy a good leader? I think he's a great leader. And here's what I love about it. The guy's entrepreneurial. The guy's a student. The guy went to the Ford Motor Company. He's like, hold on a second here. I'm an artist. Nobody's done this for me. There's no coaching program. There is Buffini Companies, the Motown of Coaching Programs. We do a similar thing. That's why it resonates. But what I love about Barry is, is that he did his business for 66 years. He had fun. He raised up talent. He created hits. That's the type of leader I'd like to be. Anybody in for the longevity rather than the decapitation? Yeah, that's what I want to be. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to unpack Motown. We're going to make it memorable. And I got a little acronym for you. And I wanted to, what I want to do is give you kind of like the tools and the, the tool belt that you'll need as a leader. And what I want to do is put it inside of this acronym of Motown so you remember. You ready to go? 
All right, so we're going to kick it off with the M, obviously. But a lot of, uh, I find with leadership, and what I have found in my own experience, is that leadership starts with me. It starts with me, okay? If I cannot lead myself, I have no chance of leading anybody else. I don't know what it feels like. I don't know what it looks like. Um, so I spend a lot of time on me. I'm working on me, and I'm going to give you some of the ways that I do that. Now, a lot of people become successful because they're a great me. They're talented. They're gifted. They're motivated. They're energized. You'll see it in people's jobs. You start off as a salesperson, become a sales manager. You've been a great me. Have you ever worked for somebody who was very talented, very gifted, but they were a terrible leader? And I believe one of the reasons that happens is because they don't actually turn it and help other people and raise up other people. So there's a little expression and something that sticks in my mind, which is you got to be a great me before we can be a great we. The team of Phoenix Company has no chance at all of being successful and growing in their leadership style if they don't see me doing it and taking care of myself. Dr. Phil, I love this. I believe it. Don't always do it. He said you have to take care of yourself before you take care of others. How many of you believe that's true? How many of you, your lives don't actually reflect that at all? And that's because you're givers and you're servers. We'll get to that here in a second. So one of the tools I've found very, very helpful in my leadership development is to do a self-assessment. It's part of why you're here. It's why you got on airplanes. You want to reflect. You want to take stock. And I'm going to tell you that um, this is something that I've done well over the last couple of years, but there's two ways to do this. There's the wrong way and the right way. I'm going to tell you the right way in a second. But I want to tell you a little story about doing it the wrong way. And the year was 1980. This is the first time I ever did a self-assessment. Maybe some, some of you will see yourselves in this story. Eight years of age, our school took 30 of us to the local swimming pool. Now, most of us had never been in a bath, never mind a swimming pool before. So we arrive up to this swimming pool, smell of chlorine, it's the middle of winter, we're all freezing cold, we have our little swim hats on, little spidey tie speedos, I'm standing there like this. It's a 25-meter swimming pool. None of us had ever seen it before. This lady walks out, her, she was our coach for the day. She was about four foot nine, she was English. She had a whistle around her neck. She's all right, line up. We're like, all right. She goes, this pool goes from two feet up to nine feet. At the two feet, we're going to have the tadpoles. You are a tadpole if you've never swam before. There's floaties there, put them on, line up. All right, taking it in. Four feet, we have the frogs. You've been in the water before, you can get one of those little paddle boards, you can swim across, get your face in the water, you're coming for that, you line up there. Okay. Then we have the dolphins. You're going to be in the six feet of water. If you can swim one width across this pool, you're a dolphin. And then we have the sharks. <laughs> the sharks, well, guess what they could do? They could swim across and back, no problem. So I'm doing a quick eight-year-old self-assessment. I don't know if you've recognized this about the Buffinis, but I kind of think we're a big thing, you know? And being from Dublin, we have a little bit of Conor McGregor in us, you know what a bleeding mean? So I'm like, there's no way I'm a bleeding tadpole. 
there's just no way. So I walk by the tadpoles, I'm like, see us. I walk by the frogs, I'm like, I got great legs, there's no way I'm a frog. Get up to the dolphins, and I'm like, sure, I'm always already there. How much more difficult can it be? But I noticed that there was less and less people following me as I walked along the pool. So I'm standing there. She gives her instruction. Sharks, you're going to jump in the pool. You're going to swim across. You're going to swim back. Next shark, go. I'm like, I got this. No problem. Well, I'm like, I better watch and see how this is done. <laughs> so the first shark dives in, swims across. All the way across. I'm like, I got this. I got this. Shark. Me. Second guy dives in. I'm watching him. Now it's getting a little bit more like, okay, I better really watch here. So I'm watching. Goes across. Now it's my time. Now I must say, at this time, I was starting to hear the Jaws music. I was like, here we go. But, you know, I'm a buffini. No problem. In we go. Bada bing. Across and back. No problem. So I dive in. Take a breath. Take a breath. I'm like, hmm, I think that's oxygen. I'm like, it tastes like chlorine. And I realized, mm, I'm not going across the water. I'm going sharp down to the point where I find the nine feet base. And I look up and I see the lights. I'm like, I wonder how much further they are from the nine feet of water because they look like they're a heck of a long way away. I'm like, okay, you got this. Calm down. I'm running out of breath, I'm running out of energy. Now I start taking a little bit of water. I'm like, this is not good. But I see the silhouette of my, my coach. My coach is here. Everything's going to be okay. And she comes over and I can see her do this. I'm like, she left me at the pool. I was at the bottom of the pool. I'm like, I am in big doo-doo now. I am taking in chlorine. I am, it is just coming on board. I'm running out of oxygen. I'm like, I'm screwed. Last minute, here comes this pole. It has a wire around it. She puts it around my neck. She lashes me out of the pole. She flips me on the side of the, the dock. And I am like flapping around like a shark is just being gaffed. And it's coming at my nose, my eyes, my ears. Now, I also, as I'm coming around, I'm like, <sighs> and she looks down and she goes, you are a bloody tadpole. <laughs> now, at this stage, I also noticed that a lot of my colleagues are also kind of realizing I'm not a shark, and every eye is on me. I walked up like Conor McGregor, and I walked back the walk of shame. I went, how you doing, boys? How's the tadpoles doing? All right. Put the floaties on. And that was my story. Now, here's all I tell you is, it's okay if you're a tadpole in leadership. It's okay if you aspire to be a shark. Just in the self-assessment piece, just take a little bit more to do that. Here's a better way to do a self-assessment. You ready? I want you to think about these questions. Maybe you got some time by the pool, by yourself. Just dive into this. This is a better way to do it. Ask yourself this question. What's my leadership style? Are you a brave heart person? What's your style? You can ask people close to you, spouses. You can ask people, hey, what is it like to be led by me? What's it like to be on the other side of my leadership? 
It's fun, fun stuff. Uh, figure out what are you good at? What am I good at when it comes to leadership? Just what am I good at in general? What are my gifts? What are my strengths? Where do I struggle? You can take pictures of this if you want to. You can write them down, whatever you want to do. And who can help me improve? At Masterclass, I introduce you to all my mentors. And the good news is there's tons of people out there who can help you improve. What leaders do I admire and why? I look back through history. I look current day, different sectors. I'm like, what is it about that person that resonates with me? And you'll, you'll start to see uh, a little bit of a pattern between the leaders because it's who you are. And you can see who you can emulate. This last one is really important. This is the big one here, folks, for leadership. You've got to reflect and ask yourself the question, how am I doing mentally? How am I doing emotionally? How am I doing physically? And how am I doing spiritually? This last one is the biggest one of all as a leader. It is the biggest one. This is where leaders get in trouble. Where leaders become unhealthy. Because the biggest challenge for leaders is that they can burn out. And even worse than that, they can numb out. How many of you know of a leader who got into trouble? It didn't end up good for them. And I think part of this is because they don't take the time to do a self-assessment and ask themselves this question. So I have a word for you. And if you hear anything today other than the fact that I'm a tadpole who thinks he's a shark, it's this next word. And this one word has saved my bacon numerous times. And the word is halt. And what does it mean? It means to bring or come to an abrupt stop. Stop. It's not stop. It's halt. Halt. Don't proceed. In the military, it's the word that will stop marching soldiers marching into a minefield. Marching into enemy fire. Marching into danger. They don't have time to be guys, 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 guys. They don't have time to explain it. It's, it's halt. So here's what it stands for. I want you to halt. And the H is if you're hungry. I want you to halt if you're feeling angry. This next one is tough. Lonely. If you're lonely, I want you to halt. And last but not least, if you're tired, halt. You're going into a difficult conversation at home with a kid, with a customer, quick little inventory. It'll, it'll stop a lot of bad things from happening. And they're all easy to fix, right? If you're hungry, do what? Eat, but eat something good. Eat something that fuels you. Eat something that gives you energy. Eat regularly. Don't wait till the end of the day. Bad things happen when you don't eat. If you're angry, what are you going to do? Now, what do you do if you're angry? Punch something. <laughs> Honey, can you come in here? I need a leadership meeting right now. Just stand right there. You're a tadpole, by the way. Here's the deal. Here's what I want to tell you. This is a big one. We've living in an environment right now where they want to make you angry. They want to stir you up. They want to pit you against each other. And if you don't have an outlet for anger, believe me, it will hurt you. I've heard it described as the devil's cocaine. It's the devil's cocaine because if I got you angry, I got you. It's deadly. We have an outlet for it. Journal, let it have it. My mother, she goes, oh, I love to journal. Your father's annoying me last week. I wrote 17 pages. I'm like, mother, get it out. Get it out. You're too strong for him. He'll die in his sleep. Go and talk it out. Go see a therapist. Talk to see a friend. Don't let it consume you. So 
here's what I would tell you is you've got to get me right first. We've got to get me before we get to the next, which, the, which is what the O is, which is others. You guys are people who love to serve others, right? It's how you get referrals. It's how you make your living. It's why you're experts. It's why you're leaders, because you absolutely are wonderful at serving others. But I have seen people set themselves on fire to keep other people warm. And you don't need to set yourself on fire. That's another good tip, by the way. Don't set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Now, I have a lot of others in my life. One of them I might talk about here in a second, because I have never been on stage before in front of you. Thank you. But here's what's even better. I might have a little built-up anger. I mean, have you ever heard Brian, like, give me and Kevin a hard time? Hey, I'm a shark now, baby. There's a lot of others in my life. There's a lot of others in your life. There's too many others for me to possibly serve. Do you know how many others there are at Buffini Company? There's 240 of them. There's a lot of people. And they're awesome. And I don't want them to suffer bad leadership because I'm trying to be the answer man and the leader that has to serve all of them. I don't. I don't try and serve all of them. I identify the others in my life. And that's what fill in the blank here is you've got to identify who the others are in your life. You've got to be very specific. It's no different than ABC in your database. So here are the others in my life. Maybe it's the same for you. Your family. My family has got to get in my calendar. Number one, I've got to be available for them. We're all running around, chasing kids around, doing baseball, taking care of them, getting homework. Get the others in there. First on the list is my family. The next on my list is my team. I'm going to talk to you about that here in a second. And the third one is you guys. But it's in that order. I'm not sacrificing my family for my customers. I'm not going to abandon my team to serve customers and go running out to serve our customers. It's the wrong order of things. So you've got to identify who the others are in your life that you're going to pour your time into. Now, when you know who and you've identified and you know you're going to spend your time with, you've got to develop them. You've got to take time to develop your team. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a team member who's left your team? Some of them should have, right? They're tadpoles. They belong with sharks. But sometimes we, people leave because, eh, you're not developing. Uh, Harvey Firestone, founder of Firestone Tires, he said, he said, the growth and development of people is the highest calling of leadership. And then, when you know who your others are and you're developing them, you must lead them. You must lead them. Now, you have to decide how you're going to lead people. And this is why when you recognize leadership styles that resonate with you, you'll also see leadership styles that don't resonate with you. You know, the angry leader, that's not fun, is it? The Bobby Knight leader, that's not fun. John Wooden, I love this quote because I think this is all there is in leadership. He said, the most powerful leadership tool you have is your own personal example. And I'll tell you, that's scary. Because there's times I look at myself and I go, I see a tadpole. Sometimes I am a shark. Sometimes I wonder, am I living up to our core values, our mission? Am I catching up to them? They're developing. Am I developing? They're developed. They're left me behind. I need to catch up with them. The only thing you have is example. 
And if you're a good example to your team and how to serve your customers, how to find a customer, how to bring them along, guess what will happen? They've got an example of how to go do it for you. Once you've taken care of the others, you've identified them, you've developed them, you're leading them, now you're into T in the Motown. What does it stand for? It stands for talent. Mr. Gordy, he said, you have to find, sign, and develop it. Didn't he? So true. At Buffini and Company, we're never too busy for somebody who wants to impact and improve the lives of someone. Never too busy. And guess what? We're always looking for great talent. The other talent you must take charge of and lead is your own. Do not leave any talent on the table. You need to develop it for yourself because you're being an example, right? So how do you do that? How do you do that? How do we do it at Buffini Company? I want to tell you, and you have an unfair advantage. We use the Heritage Profile, and you can too, to develop your talent and to find talent and develop their talent. So let me tell you a little bit about when you use the Heritage Profile. I'm going to get into very specific ways how we use it, but every single person we work with at some level or we're hiring is being exposed to some question that's connected to the Heritage Profile to tell us a little bit about who they are. Because a resume will tell you what they've done. But it might not tell you who they are. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever seen a resume and you're like, oh my God. So this is where we can balance out out both. Now here's what their talents should do. They shouldn't compete with your talents. A lot of times in leadership we can be a little bit, eh, not sure if we want somebody to compete. We don't want somebody to compete with us. What we want is we want the talent to complement ours. So their talents should complement yours. They should complement yours. All right, so here's the next thing, and this is, can be hard for a leader. And Barry Gordy, I mean, at the end of the day, these are the people you're looking for. But as a leader, when you have the right people, and you know they have the right attributes that complement you, you must let them shine. you got to let them shine. It's hard. You know why? Because you're used to doing it. Like raising your kids, he's like, oh, it's quicker if I just do it. But letting people shine, let them go. Let me run with the ball. Let me tell you something. We have a team at Buffini and Company. They shine. They shine. Barry Gordy had this too with Marvin, didn't he? Brian talked about it earlier. You know, he gave him the principles. Here's how we do it in Milltown. And here's the thing with talent. If you've got the right talent, they should cause you problems. They should cause you problems. Now, what they'll do is they'll understand the mission. They'll understand the principles. But they'll be like, what about this? What about this? And if you can't get a good answer on that, you probably need to engage them in it and let them lead you. Because they will lead you. Marvin Gaye came in, he fought for his space. He goes, listen, I can't be writing songs about this. My brother's in Vietnam. There's people getting killed in the streets. I can't be writing happy dappy songs. It's not me. I love what Gordy said, and this is something as a leader, it's so important you feel the weight of this. Gordy said, you know what? I wasn't always right. And, And your team needs to hear that too. Because it's okay not to be right. It's okay to get it wrong. That's how you grow. The O in Motown is for ownership. 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 I'll tell you what my mindset when it comes to ownership is. I am responsible for all things. I am responsible for all things. That's my mindset. That has to be your mindset. Jocko Willick said this, he goes, you must own everything in your world 
There is no one else to blame. It's true. And here's the deal. I've seen leaders who blame immediately. What are you doing? Why did you do that? How did that happen? You'll see people shrink. And here's the thing is they will never take ownership because they'll always be afraid. What do you think? Now, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. It doesn't mean that somebody made a mistake or didn't make a stupid decision. But I would say for me, I take it upon myself. It's like maybe I didn't communicate it clearly. Maybe I didn't spend the time. Maybe I didn't cover it. Maybe I didn't teach. Maybe I didn't train. Maybe I wasn't an example of it. You want them to take ownership? I'll talk to you about that in a second. So what are the things that you must have ownership of as a leader? These are my main things. I'm going to suggest they might want to be your main things. And they're this. My main things at Buffini Company are the goals. The goals. The vision. The mission. And core values. The goals. The mission. And the core values. These are the main things. And here's what I tell you. Is when you declare what they are, put them where you can see them. Because you'll forget them. If you don't know what your goals are, you won't achieve them. Our goal this year is to go in and achieve our goals, but be flexible in the process. You know why? Because it's been a very flexible environment here recently, hasn't it? When you walk inside the Buffini and Company, the doors of Buffini Company, many of you visit our headquarters in Carlsbad. What's the first thing you see? Other than rainy, with a big shiny smile, you see our mission and our core values because we put them up because it's our promise to ourselves and it's our promise to you. And these are the ways that we are going to set ourselves up and we are going to run our business. We put them on name badges. You ever seen them on our staff's name badges? We put them there for everybody to see. Every meeting we have, we talk about our goals, our mission, our core values. People are like, oh, you're going to cover that again? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. This next one is, now that you've got ownership, you know what you're in charge of everything. There's no one else to blame, right? You're in charge of the goals and the mission, core values. Now it's time to assign ownership to others. You got to give the gift. Here you go. You're in charge. Our entire leadership team here, you got ownership. Guess what? When they get ownership, it's like, oh, it's a gift. Again, very, very difficult thing for a leader to do. Because you know why? Because we all have a little bit of brave heart in us. So now you're on the track. You're in a good space as a leader. You've taken care of yourself. You've taken care of the others. You got the talent. You got ownership. And now you're ready for this. How many of you like to win? Yes. Is winning fun? Yes. It is. You got to win. Now, here's the thing with winning. I'm not saying, a Buffini company, I'm not interested in winning at all costs. I'm not winning at the expense of our good name. I'm not going to win and burning out and treating people who work at Buffini and Company badly. No way. And neither is Brian. We're not having it. But you have to define what winning looks like for you. What is a win? What does it look like? Not just numbers. It can be in the spirit. It can be in the core values. It can be in the mission. It can be in your training. What does winning look like for you? Because my pragmatics in the room, where's the pragmatics? Can I see your hands? You're like, okay, time, blah, 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 blah. Let's get down to the bottom line here. I want to win. So let's talk about Barry. Did he win? He did. Here's his wins. He started between 1960 and 1969. He had 79 top 10 records. The Supremes alone had 12 number one hits. 
He had hundreds of signings. Why? Because he was winning. Because he had a formula. People came there and go, he's going to find me. He might sign me. He's going to develop me. Now, this is pretty cool, too. He founded Motown with $800 in his pocket. But Barry Gordy was brilliant because he had a system to do his business. That's why you guys are smart. You got a system to do your business. He started with $800. Seven years later, they had revenues of $20 million. And David Lally reliably informs me, based on the Irish math system, that in today's number, that's $163 million. Is that winning? It's pretty cool. So I'm going to share with you what our winning formula looks like inside of a Fenian company. When I talk about we're going to win, here's what it looks like. So there's an order to this. There's a formula to this. And it's non-negotiable. Guess who the first people have to win is? Who? Customers. Customers. You guys. You guys. And your customers must win. And you need to define what winning looks like and feels like for them. And if you keep your focus on your customers and helping them win, it's magic. So you want to know if you're winning? Are you guys winning? Yes. You're winning your business? How are you doing in your life? Good. You're making progress. Good. <laughs> Let me show you what winning looks like. This is a graph of somebody's business inside of Buffini Company. He's been coached with us for 15 years. Starting around the $100,000 mark. By year one, they're at 277. Pretty good? By year five, they're at $352,000. By year 10, they're at $425,000. And by year 15, they're at $581,000. Now, you won't see that for somebody who gets in and out of coaching. You won't see that for somebody who's like, I'm not winning, so I'm leaving. And they're not persevering. And they're not digging deep. The trajectory, it compounds. It's good stuff. And here's the great thing is, when your customers win, guess what's going to happen? Guess what happens with Buffini Company? The company wins. We do good by helping others do good. And by the way, it's not negotiable. It's, it's not negotiable for us to help you win and us not win. That's called people pleasing. That's called going out of business pretty fast. Here's our growth. This is what's happened to Buffinian Company. Under my administration. <laughs> this has been so good for me. I really appreciate this. <laughs> hey, Cavo, do you want to say anything? Do you want to get anything off your chest? Anyway, here's our growth as a company. Now, remember... We came out of recession. We lost 50% of our customers in an 18-month period of time. I guess who showed up? Braveheart showed up, so he did. And let me tell you something. No better leader in a crisis than Brian Buffini. Have you guys seen that? The content, the principles. He's the first man in. And when I see him running, I lay, have at it, buddy. I'm coming right behind you. But there's a transition also between Brian's leadership style and my leadership style. Because guess what? You can't keep operating the way you're operating. And if you don't develop, if you don't grow and you don't develop talent, your business can't grow. You can't grow. You're going to stay where you are. And that might be okay. Maybe you want to do that. Here's our trajectory. After the recession, I started adding in some of these principles. I took it on board. I'm going to tell you how we won and how I engaged the team to win. But this is the trajectory. And we started taking off. By 2018, we tripled our business. Here's how it works. You win. Company wins. This is the last but not least. This has to happen. Your team has to win. There's nothing worse than watching <laughs> your customers win and your team, you know, leader winning and the company winning. And they're like, hey. they have to win. They have to win. 
You got to define what that looks like. I have been at Buffinian Company for 21 of our 25 years. This year we celebrated 25 years in business. I think I'm 21, maybe close to 22 years in the business. I know it's hard to believe, but I am. So I had a perspective on the company before I became the leader of the company. So instead of me charging in with my preconceived ideas of how Buffinian Company operates, what it's about, maybe my own itsy-bitsy frustrations that I might have had, I went, hold on a second here, let me, let me stop. Let me stop, and let me start with people who work in this company other than me. And this is where your team can help you win if you slow down. Because you can win today, this month, transactions, but we want to win into the future. And they have ideas. So for a year, I did lunch and learns. And I asked, the client, I asked my clients, who are my team members, how can we win? Uh, how many of you have been in a lunch and learn with me that I've done at one of the events? Let me tell you something. I don't, Rick DeLuca said to me, he said, you don't need to be the answer of people's prayers. You just need to know what they're praying for. So ask them. Don't try to be the answer to people's prayers if you don't know what they're praying for. That's pretty good. So here's three questions to ask your team. Engage them in it. They'll help you win. I am not doing coaching calls. I am not doing sales. I am not doing client care. I do open up the CEO of Buffini Company because I want to hear from you guys directly so I'm in the loop so I can make sure I'm being an example to the rest of the team to say, hey, I'm interested in this too. I want to know what's going on with our customers. So here's the three questions. How can we help our clients win? And maybe one of the things I would recommend you do too is tell them where you're winning. Let them know it. Because sometimes, does it ever feel like you're not winning? You're just busy, but you don't even know you're winning. This is why your self-assessment is going to be good. Hey, where are we winning? Tell them. Celebrate with them. Ask them, how can we win as a team? And then, then be quiet. By the way, it's always good to give them the questions a few days beforehand. So as Kevin would say, the analytical people have time to think. And by the way, I found that they have really good answers when they have time to think. And then this is really important. How can we help you win in your career? How can we help you win in your job? There were times we, had, we were holding people accountable. We wanted them to win. They were working hard. They didn't have the resources or the tools to do it. And they told us. And by the way, when somebody tells you this is a great gift because there's risk involved, because they're like, yeah, do I really want to tell them? How's he going to handle this? I'm going to get the bullet for this. No, engage them and bring them into it. You won't just win today and this month. You'll win for years. Ask your customers, ask your team members, and then you tell them, here's what winning looks like. Good stuff. It's awesome. So there's three questions to ask. Now, we're on the final stretch here. They say that, you know, it's lonely at the top. Okay? And in leadership, there are moments where you're like, that's my decision. It's nobody else's decision. I'm going to have to make this decision. But I'm going to tell you that's not entirely true. And you're in business for yourself. You're not business. We, we're, we come alongside you because we want you to feel like you're not alone. You're not alone. And in your leadership, you need to know, as a leader, I'm not alone. Somebody that you probably know has dealt with something that you're trying to solve currently. Again, I introduce, I've introduced my mentors to you, the people I'm going to call. I had a situation here happened two weeks ago. I'm like, no clue. Not only no clue here, no clue there, no clue anywhere. I'm like, going to call them. 
Got to call them, get some great advice. You're not alone either in your leadership. And if you are, here's what I want to suggest is that you're making that choice. And being alone as a leader is lethal. I love this expression. It says, if you want to go fast, you go alone. There's nobody to bother you. You make your own decisions. Let's hit it. But if you want to go far, we go together. We prepare for the trip. Here's what I know also for you guys. I know you're not alone. And I know you know you're not alone because you have a coach. You have somebody who goes it with you. We have awesome coaches, don't we? I mean, this is a few of them here. We got, we got phenomenal people. You know what? They don't go it alone either. Some of our performance coaches, every one of our coaches have a coach. Our performance coaches are here. I hope you get to meet them. Um, they're awesome because we don't want our coaches to feel like they're going alone either. We also have a company that is going to make sure you're not alone. You have 240 people in Carlsbad, California right now working because they want to make sure they impact and improve your lives. They're cheering you on. They dig this stuff. They love us. We hire to it. You have an entire company behind you. And here's what's magic. And I know you just experienced this. You got a community that's not going to leave you alone. Not going to leave you alone. There's people in this room who have dropped everything to go and see another Buffini member in another state because they went through something hard. How many of you, how many of you have had that happen or you've heard about stories like that? I mean, it's, it's remarkable. I don't want to give it up for the community because that to me is the most inspiring thing of all about how this all works. You will not, you will not let somebody go alone. So you're not alone. Make sure you're not alone. Now I want to give you a quick recap because it started with me and it comes back to you guys again where you're not alone. Do the Motown. Get right here. Get right here. You cannot lead anybody else unless you're leading yourself. You lead yourself, guess what? Now you're ready to go and serve others. Now, if you're not ready to go serve others, what are you going to do? If you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Absolutely. Halt. I wish I'd have known that on my way to being a shark. But then you're ready to serve the others. You're going to look for talent. You're going to develop your own talent. You want to take ownership. You want to be the covering for the team. You want to make sure you're okay. I got you. I'm responsible for all things. You go for it. I'm going to assign ownership to you. You want to win. You want to win. You work too hard not to win. Win. They want to win. You want to win. And then remember this. You're not alone. You're not alone. Brian's with you, isn't he? He's never left you alone. I want you to know I'm with you. I want you to know every single person of Buffini and company is with you. I want you to know that the coach is with you. And most importantly, you're with each other. I hope you've enjoyed this. I've had a great time talking with you. I hope you've learned from this experience. I love you guys. Do the Motown. We'll see you soon. Fantastic content. It's great to hear a live event too with the audience in the background. We look forward to seeing you at an event soon. Until next time, here's Brian's mum, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you. 
and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.